welcome to Hive Mind. I am Meg, and I am here with Eli, Jordan, and Taylor. Eli, you know from Hive Mind and various internet fame. Jordan and Taylor, you know from the wonderful podcast, Girl Meet Show. Guys, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you for having us. We are very excited to be back. Well, we are so excited to have you. Um, why you, don't you... you seem really out of breath. <laughs> 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 because I had to hurry and swallow a mint before we hit record. <laughs> I am out of breath. All right, Jordan, what have you been watching? Well, first of all, um, one of my all-time favorite shows, Freaks and Geeks, just got added back onto streaming. It's on Hulu again. And so I've been really just soaking that in. It is like a balm to my soul. I love that show so much. So highly recommend. Um, and I all as far as new shows go, I started watching Dairy Girls. Mm-hmm. And that has it's been recommended to me. Several people I follow love the show and it lived up to all the hype. It was hilarious. Oh, are you done with it? Yeah, I've been I watched one the first season in like one night and then like the second season, I think, probably took me another 24 do you, hours. Do you have a preference season one over season two? You know, I watched them so fast that it kind of all blended together. But maybe, you know, I, I couldn't tell you. Yes. I loved how the second season ended. Yeah. It was so tender and yeah. made me so happy. So, did Are you a great British Bake Off Found. Yes. So you know they did a special over Christmas. Yes, and did I watched watch? that. Yes. Best thing I've ever seen on TV. It was amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched Dairy Girls first and then went back and watched that. And Good. so it was, I just really feel very close to that whole cast. Good. Are you watching Bridgerton? Yeah. I, we, we did watch Bridgerton, actually. How um, about Penelope? I mean, the range. I, not Penelope. Sorry. What's her name? The Featherington. Is her name not Penelope? Yeah, it's Penelope. You're Penelope, right. Penelope, yeah. Yeah. Penelope. She, well, so I watched Bridgerton and then I watched Dairy oh, Girls. And okay. so I feel like if I'd watched Dairy Girls first, I probably would have loved Penelope more. But I just am like offended at how not cute they make her in Bridgerton. It's offensive. Who is it? Which one? What's her name in Dairy Girls? Oh my gosh. It's the one lesbian. Of, one of the girl- oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, The The kind of dumber one. <laughs> is she dumber? <laughs> No, which no, one's the dumb are you th- one? I think, is it the, the brunette? Oh, the lesbian, the, dumb- the blonde one. Yes. Oh, yeah. gotcha. She's in Bridgerton. Yeah. Okay, I gave up Bridgerton after one episode. <laughs> Whoa. I'll go back. Don't worry. You didn't even get to the sexy parts. <laughs> yeah. There are sexy parts? <laughs> you, you, got, you got some good stuff coming TVMA. up. TVMA. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else? No, those are my main two. Awesome. Taylor, what about you? What have you been watching? You know, I have been very deep into Sex in the City. I have oh. never watched it before. And now I'm in the middle of season five right now, and that's kind of all I've been watching. And? And I love it. Okay. <laughs> it, a lot of it does not hold up, but a lot of it does. <laughs> what, what doesn't hold up about it? There's a lot of things that would definitely not air on TV now. They're, like, very not, not, not very pro, like, trans or... That's probably the biggest one. <laughs> okay. But, like, a lot of the stories and, like, l- lessons that they teach are very applicable to me as, like, an older single woman. Okay. So, <laughs> it's great. I love it. Hmm. Good for you. Thank you. Eli, what have you been watching? <laughs> I have um, I have two things to plug real quick. So, I, I finally watched... You and I, Meg, talked about um, Father of the Bride 1 and Father of the Bride 2. 
So after our two episodes, I went and watched uh, Father of the Bride did a reunion episode for a fundraiser like during COVID. Mm-hmm. Has anybody else watched it? I, d- I did watch that, yes. It's absolutely terrible. <laughs> I, didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't know how you were going to end that sentence, and so I didn't watch the whole thing. It was a little painful. I had to. I made it about halfway through, and then I kind of like skim-watched it for the rest. Yeah. I'm still happy they did it, though, because yeah. like it's a charity, whatever. And I'm glad everyone came back for it. Um, Diane Keaton looks amazing. Yeah. The, the the actress who played Annie, whose name I don't know, looks amazing. Like, she's barely aged. Who's mm-hmm. she married to? Brad Paisley. That's right. She's married to Brad Paisley? Mrs. Paisley, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Mrs. Paisley. Okay, so she looks amazing. Florence Pugh is in it. What? She plays the, she plays the grown-up, uh, you know, the baby that um, Steve Martin has in Father Megan. of the Bride 2. Yeah, well, she, you know that baby's name. You know the we baby's just watched. Okay, the movie. I didn't know it. And I, <laughs> that's the name her after the doctor. Oh, that's right, the cool doctor. So she, Florence Pugh, is the grown-up version of that, and oh, so it's like fun to see okay. her. She's cute, and then like this Broadway guy who was in um, what's that big Broadway musical? I even saw it. Hamilton. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, Hamilton. it's Ben Platt. Is that was that Dear Evan Hansen? Dear Evan Hansen, like the guy who was right? like one yeah. of the yeah he was in Dear Evan Hansen. Okay, he plays Annie's son. He's a, he's kind of uncomfortable to watch in it because he like does a musical number over Zoom. Oh my gosh, I didn't even get to that part. I'm so even, glad. No, I couldn't even do it. <laughs> um, but like, it's fun to see Steve Martin. Martin Short shows up, and nice. he's you know he reprises his role, and it's just like great. It's fine. Like, it did make me kind of think, like, you guys could put effort into doing A Father of the Bride Part 3, where, like, one of these, the new generation gets married or something. I don't care. Um, but, <laughs> the yeah, the, 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 the Zoom video was very uncomfortable to watch. I just started, this is an old movie, um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. I'm halfway through it. It's disturbing. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. Hot take. Not a happy movie. But I think like, that's the only thing I did know okay. was that it's not a happy movie. Right. So it's 1975, Jack Nicholson, and it, it won Best Picture, and it's like considered to be one of like the great films of all time. And so I'm trying to like go through some of like the great films of all time lately. <laughs> It's very captivating. Yeah. I'll return and report when I finish it. I'm watching it in like ten minute bursts, <laughs> which is probably how it was intended. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's healthy. You gotta self care, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's how the director. <laughs> on an iPhone in ten minutes. <laughs> it's Quibi. While I'm driving, yeah, Quibi. R.I.P. Quibi. Um, full disclosure: we recorded our episode for this week yesterday and we're recording this a day later so i haven't had a time to watch a week's worth of content in one day (laughs) however last night we did start how to with john wilson on hbo max and it's produced by nathan fielder who does nathan for you and it's john wilson walking around new york city with a handheld cam and he's narrating these episodes that are supposed to be like tutorials on how to live life but it's very much self-deprecating and honestly, the funniest show I've ever seen. We're oh. one episode in, and I laughed so hard I cried. But you have to be, it's Nathan Fielder humor, so you have to be okay with feeling uncomfortable. Who is Nathan Fielder? He did Nathan for you. What is that? 
Oh, okay. <laughs> he's like trying to help businesses help kind of in quotes where like he'll come up with these outlandish schemes as kind of like a um almost like a like what's the equivalent of like a backhanded compliment but like a backhanded way to like help a business like it's so hard they're to explain. the stupidest ideas possible like he wanted oh. a yogurt shop to get more business so he said why not do a poop flavored yogurt and then he did yeah. an idea that actually took off called Dumb Starbucks, where he had he opened like it looked like Starbucks, but it wasn't Starbucks, but they had all the same colors and everything. And oh. those actually really took off. Oh. Anyway, because it was a parody. He claimed parody law. So that would it was allowed. And like it became this whole real life kind of situation. Last week, lots of people were posting. You probably saw this and were like, what the heck's going on? They posted lots of pictures of Nathan Fielder and said, I know you're responsible for GameStop. I don't know how. <laughs> because that's like very much something he would do, like drive up the stock price of GameStop. Okay. Anyway, it's that kind of humor where it's just absurd and kind of uncomfortable. And sometimes you want to look away, but it's so deeply funny. How to with John Wilson on HBO Max. Okay. Okay, we're here to talk about Search Party Season 4. But before we do that, this morning they released the Golden Globe nominations. And we need to talk a quick minute about our reactions to that. So, number one reaction I've seen, I May Destroy You, Big Snub. That was my main thing as I was scrolling, scrolling. I was like, Mm -hmm. where is I May Destroy You? Where is it? And it was nowhere to be found. Kind of shocking, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, is it like it's the Globes and I know they're just a bunch of like weirdos and foreign (laughs) press. But how did Emily in Paris get nominated? (laughs) And I may destroy you. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I was thinking about like, is is it hard when shows are like a comedy and a drama combined? Like, does that is that kind of like what hurts Mm -hmm. them? Interesting. I don't know. I guess I was trying to make some sort of sense of it and couldn't. I know you both watched I May Destroy You. Yes. Mm hmm. Is it globe worthy? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think we both we both said it was our number one show of twenty. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I made it halfway through and then I, I was like, man, this is a lot and I just never went back to it. And I think I should. I should it's, go finish it. Yeah, it's for sure a lot, but the way that it all ties together in the finale is just like art. Like okay. it's really, I mean, I don't think it's overstating to say it's a masterpiece that's like really dramatic, but <laughs> that's how I feel. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um any other surprises? I I was kind of surprised that Shit's Creek it, it's still this year. I feel like mm. Shit's Creek like ended already, and then I like Shit's Creek is got you know all four actors got nominated again, and I know they all just won the Emmy, but it's been like several months, and I was like, wait, did Shit's Creek last season just happen? Okay, hot take. I love Shit's Creek a lot. I think it is a phenomenal show. I think it's being way overrated right now i really do is it because this is uh, we're sharing a mic (laughs) is it because you've liked it for so long that you're kind of tired of talking about it it might be like the first like maybe three seasons of schitt's creek i was like this is one of the best shows on tv why is it not getting attention and then it started to feel like i i would i would i would have watched it forever but it was like oh it's kind of starting to like decline a little bit and then suddenly with the Emmys, it swept the Emmys. I mean, it was like outrageous what happened. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I, I'm happy for this show because I really like it. But like, this is not the kind of show that I think should sweep the Emmys. 
And so to see it like now go into the Golden Globes and like it looks like it's doing pretty well still. It I'm kind of surprised by it. I don't know. Do you guys have are you Shit's Creek fans? Yeah. And I feel like it's the final season extra bonus that yeah. they get, I guess. And I am always confused by the time periods of award shows. Okay. I'm always confused. And so I had the same reaction. If if this had happened in season three, I would have been like, oh, I'm surprised it's getting this much attention, but it's deserved. When it happened in six, I was like, okay, this is kind of feels silly to me. But I guess it probably was like people finally caught up to it mm-hmm. and were like, oh, shoot, this is our last chance to give it awards. So, like, let's do it now. And so whatever. I'm not mad about it because, like, it's a great show. I'm a, I'm super happy it existed. Give Catherine O'Hara every award that has ever existed. I will never be mad about that <laughs> part specifically. Um, but that kind of surprised me when I, like, saw the nominations. I was like, oh, we're still doing a Shit's Creek, like, celebration. I, I'm surprised that's still happening. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. um, I was delightfully surprised by Promising Young Woman being nominated yes. for Best Picture. I didn't expect that to happen. So I'm glad it's, it's there. It's an underdog nomi- uh, nomination, like predicted nomination for the Oscars right now for Best Picture. And I, I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but like I've been reading like a bunch of like the Best Picture blogs and it's like, this is not expected, but it's a possibility. Cool. So I don't know. We might be surprised. I mean, it's a weird year. So. It's yeah. a weird year. Mm-hmm. Like this is the kind of year when when it should get some attention. But actually, as I was looking through that list today, I was like, oh, there were some good movies last year. Like there, there's stuff for us to talk about. This could still be a fun award season. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the film side of the nominations weren't nearly as um, all over the place as the TV nominations. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I was trying to think of like surprising positive things were how many female directors were nominated for the movie side. So Mm. that wasn't as kind of like eyebrow raising to me when I was looking through the film nominations, but the TV ones were the ones that were just like very out Mm. of control. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The Queen's uh, Gambit. Prom. The prom. Queen- oh, prom. Oh. <laughs> Gotta give prom. it to James Corden. James Corden, I saw that. <laughs> My goodness. That one oh, was, I didn't even watch The Prom All I, I because of all the bad stuff I heard about it. And so I, that I one really. Wa- I can't watch it because it's Ryan Murphy. I can't do anything. No. Yeah. So I saw somebody tweeted today and said, so James Corden acted gay for 15 minutes and gets a Golden Globe nomination. I acted straight for 35 years. <laughs> <and> nothing. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. (laughs) Anyway, yes, annoying. Queen's Gambit got some recognition. Mrs. America got some recognition, which I think Mrs. America was probably one of my favorite things that came out of 2020. So I was glad to see that happen. 10, 15 didn't get anything. That was one I was also sad about. And Insecure, too. Insecure. I haven't watched Insecure, I need to. Very good. And especially, we both loved the last season in particular, and so to not even get nominated was really sad. Mm. Typical. O- Ozark, both Jason Bateman and Laura Lenny oh, yeah. got nominated. My personal um, close friend, Better Laura Call Lenny. Saul, yeah. nothing. Um, Better Call Saul, nothing. So is that still happening? <laughs> Better Call Saul is still on? Yeah. What? Still a thing. How many seasons are we on now? Not that many. It's got to be More like... More than Breaking Bad, though, right? Well, didn't know. it start... Did it start right after Breaking Bad yeah, ended? Yeah. And that was a while That's ago That's like now. a decade ago, ago, Meg. I'm looking this up. <laughs> Better Call Saul has a been decade. on forever. Well, because Breaking Bad is one of the OG, like, prestige TV shows. Yeah. Kind of, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, like, the dawn of the golden age of television. Seriously. That and Mad Men. Yeah. 
All right. Well, while you look that up, we're going to actually talk about what we came here to talk about. Now, these are... Seven seasons. Seven seasons. That's oh, a lot, Yeah, you're gosh. right. That's a lot okay. of seasons. Because yeah. Breaking Bad is five, right? Yeah, five. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry. I forgive you. <laughs> we have four people in this room who I think are all enthusiastic about Search Party Season 4. Mm. It might get a little chaotic in here. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to the listener, but I am so excited to talk about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix it up here. And... I listened to your podcast about it today, and I thought the conversation about the end was fascinating. Okay, good. (laughs) Because I was sure it was one thing, and I was talking to Eli on the way down, and he was sure it was the other thing. Okay, good. I haven't found another person that agrees with me yet, so I'm like, am I the only one? Okay, so let me just say up top, spoilers. We're going to talk about what happens at the end of season four. Also, Mm -hmm. I did some research today. I read some interviews with the show creator Charles Roger and what's her name Sarah Violet blah 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 so I I'm pretty sure I understand what they were trying to do here's what I think happened Dory has an end of life lights coming toward her life flashing before her eyes vision that's where she sees the funeral okay funeral does not actually happen she wakes up having seen all of that and has had some deep realizations about herself. What was your theory? So I thought she died. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought the ambulance was a flashback to right before she died. And it set us up for the next season going back into pre-death and like showing us a little bit more of what happened before she died. Can I want you two to explain your differing theories. Okay. I'm definitely th- with Meg on my interpretation I was thinking that the funeral, um, them getting that box of all of like kind of the Dory stuff, including the video camera, all of that was all just in her head, an end of life hallucination or near death experience kind of situation. And then we see her wake up. And to me, that all of everything that happened right before she wakes up was just in her head. That's how I read it. Okay. And I thought, similar to Eli, but I thought that it was all real and she wakes up in the ambulance and either she sends the box of stuff to them or Chip does and Chip found her, finds her and like they reunite and like run off together so that she, people think she's dead and she can actually just live her life without. As Stephanie? Yeah, Stephanie. (laughs) Stephanie. (laughs) All right, so I paid two whole dollars to subscribe to Vulture so I could find the answer. <laughs> okay. we, we thank you. We yeah. will Venmo you. <laughs> we'll each Venmo you 50 cents. Yeah, I need, yes, I need that. Um, it, it was an end-of-life vision. And okay. they, they wanted it to be like, this is Dory's turning point. Um, this is when Dory has some really hard realizations about herself and what she's actually done. So when she says, I saw everything, it's not just meaning that day, but like she finally realizes she has killed people and she has done some bad things because up until this point, we've seen her be very passive mm-hmm. and even delusionally in denial, in denial yeah. about it. So that's how we were supposed to read it. Sounds like they weren't quite as successful <laughs> as they had hoped. But I kind of like that it was ambiguous. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And I really bought that she was dead. I was like, well, is this series finale? I mm-hmm. Did I miss well, that? That's what I was going to ask is, did they say anything in that article about another season? They said, if we're renewed, we'll keep exploring this character. <gasps> wow. So, okay. 
Please renew. I mean, I'm not done with this show. Well, you just found it, right? How long? How long ago did you start it? A, f- a month and a half ago. Okay. And I, but like season four to me was easily the best season. Like I, I really love seasons one through three. When four happened, I was so captivated. The Cole Escola of it all. <laughs> I mean, it was wild and so upsetting. Like so upsetting. Yes. to see to see somebody get captured. And then actually become like beholden to the, their captor in that way and completely lose her like concept of what's real was really well done to a point that like that could be very hokey and like very upsetting to watch in, in the way that like, oh, you're minimizing what mental health issues might look like and whatever else. But like I actually felt like it was earned in season four. Like by the time she sort of gets converted to this cola scola brainwashing, I was like, I, I buy this. Like I buy that she's been through so much trauma that now she like doesn't really know what to think or do anymore. And and that was so upsetting for me to watch, but like so captivating. I didn't sleep after the first three episodes because the way HBX Ma- HBX Max dropped these was three episode increments, and the final was four episodes. So starting it. Those three episodes, and when she wakes up in her foam apartment, <laughs> like it was so unsettling. It, it's awful. Like more even than like the OA or any sort of yes. being <laughs> held captive show I've ever seen. I'm like, <gasps> I got such real anxiety from and it. I think part mm-hmm. of it is because we saw three whole seasons of her normal life before that even happens. Like a lot of like captive, like when you see people in captive, in you know, being held captive. It's like you enter the story with that. Yes. But like with her, like we saw her normal life and then suddenly she's in this situation. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like we know you. And like the fact that this is now happening to you almost feels like something that could happen to us. Well, and I think they did a really good job of showing the decline of her like mental stability because in season three, she's like clearly in denial and just like living it up and so of course in season four she's still in denial but then also like i think she just like wanted to forget it and so that's why she was it was easy for her to be like i'll just let him brainwash me kind of like give up i think Mm. but yeah it it was done so well. right because in season three like at the you know when she's in court and whatever else and their her friends are getting frustrated with Mm -hmm. her because they're like do you understand that we actually did this and she you see her like more and more shut down that's a really good point. I also think that, I mean, season four is an actual nightmare, but they're, everything after the death of Keith is nightmarish, right? Mm-hmm. Like their whole reality. I can see myself as Dory in this, you know, and like wanting to believe I hadn't done that thing and even getting to a place where it's like, it would honestly be easier if I was brainwashed and didn't have to believe these things happened. The way they told that story was so effective. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of the things that I love about Search Party in general is like, in season two, I feel like I'm watching how if I were in a situation where I had murdered someone un- <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but that is how I would react, I feel like. like, And I mean, each character is having different forms of breakdowns, but Dory specifically, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching what would really happen if someone was trying to cover up a secret that horrible and huge. Yeah. Mm. And so it's like takes these things that are not relatable, but like really puts you in these characters' shoes as though it really happened. And so it really 
makes the horror aspect of it feel close to home still like it's just so interesting and i think part you know they kind of play on the whole like every millennial is special thing in that like none of us believe we could be capable of doing a bad thing we're too special mm-hmm. like dory's so special she's been told so many times how special she is and she doesn't want to be special for this reason but is it better than being bored? You know, they're playing with mm-hmm. all these different identity things in kind of a horrifying way that's really effective. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's how she gets into the mess in the first place because she's so convinced that there is a meaning behind everything. Yeah. And there wasn't. Like, everything was just a coincidence, but then look where she ends up in the fourth and season. Chantal was just an idiot who <laughs> was, like, running away from home. We talk about the Chantal episode. Chantal, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. It was, so we're, like, <laughs> knee-deep in the, in the plot of season four. And it's it's the second-to-last episode, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we there's all this stuff going on with Dory and with Drew and Portia and John Early. What's his character? Elliot. <laughs> it's just John Early. I know. Yeah. Like, I can't. They're all their characters except John Early. I'm like, that's yeah. John Early. Um. But then we just, like, completely break away from that and do an entire episode about Chantal. And let me tell you how happy I was because I think <laughs> Chantal is the star of this she series. Is, she's she, wild. She is <laughs> she so is a gift. funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. That character, like, I don't know who wrote her, but <laughs> how did they get she's, it so she's, right? She's the female um, John Early. Like, honestly, in a lot of ways. Yeah. She's just sort of like this one-dimensional kind of self-centered person with like a very, very ugly lower layer yeah. that, is, that she's unwilling to acknowledge. I thought you were going to say she's the female Jonah from Veep. Yeah. That's I feel oh, like that plus John Early. Yeah. It's like we're like they're terrible in a realistic, terrible way and no self-awareness. Right. Like, oh my gosh. And she... They make these choices with her, like, even just how they do her hair, it's so annoying. And her mm. eye makeup. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she, I love her. Um, a really, That was a really great episode. Where do you guys rank, the, rank this season overall? Hmm. That's such a hard question. I would say four was probably my second favorite. Next two. Maybe the second season. Okay, you like the second oh, season. Yeah. I know a lot of people who had to drop out the second season. Oh, really? Yeah. That is shocking to me. They felt they felt like it was too dark. Like, I'm just like a dark person. But <laughs> yeah, I would probably say four, two, one, three. Okay. So four first. Uh, oh, two, two, four, one, three. Okay. I think so. Jordan, I would say you? two is also my, my favorite season. Um... A lot of it is to do with that twin episode where they find out April has a twin yeah. and that yeah. is just like blew my mind. Oh my gosh, that episode it's was so, so funny. It's like the one of the probably one of my favorite episodes of any show ever. I would say two one very closely followed by four and then three. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I struggled with the court stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was kind of hokey at times. Mm-hmm. Um so for me it would be Four, one, two, three. Man, I loved season three. You did? Yeah. I think season three, well, season four is pretty good. But I think. Why did you like three so much? I just thought the defense lawyer was so great. The defense. Oh, she was really good. The lawyers, all three of the lawyers were very good. Polly was also outstanding. The the two defense lawyers and the the prosecutor, all three of them were great. 
the courtroom scenes were just like so over the top for me as a, and as a lawyer, like watching the courtroom scenes, I was just like, this is so freaking absurd. <laughs> and about halfway through it, my husband was like, you need to stop watching. This as like a reality show <laughs> and just realize this is an absurd fiction. And so like, it was a little easier from there and just like, okay, like there are no rules here. It's fine. Whatever. Um, but it was kind of over the top where the rest of the series was a lot easier for me to kind of like get into. Yeah. So that that was the only reason why. But the attorney lawyers or the attorney actors were really, really good. I just thought they were all so great. Mm-hmm. Um, last we talked, we talked about Cola Scola because we had kind of seen him in season three. And I think we all said, like, what are they doing with him? We were very hesitant. Right? Like, what is going to happen? Is Cola Scola a good actor? I was like, I know that he's my favorite follow on Instagram, but, like, (laughs) I don't know. And he blew me away. He was so good. So good. So fun to watch. Even though he was terrifying, like, Mm -hmm. abjectly terrifying. My, I got like a stomach ache every time he walked down to her cell, but he was also so funny. Mm-hmm. Well, Put it, him in more stuff. Yeah, really. Going forward. Actual Please. acting roles. Like he was so good. And I feel like um, Alia Shawkat has, like, she's also an extremely good actor. Like she was terrifying this season, but they matched each other. Like he was as good as she was. Who, who is that? Oh, Dory. Sorry. Oh, Dory. Oh, she, She's incredible. Yeah. Like throughout the whole series. She's but they really asked good. her to do a lot. A lot this in four. season. And she did such a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, Ann Dowd. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally Love surprised her. to see Ann Dowd for two minutes. <laughs> and she's great. She's so she was funny. so funny. Uh-huh. And then of course Susan Sarandon. I mean She was amazing. I was surprised at how much I was like I loved her character and thought mm-hmm. that the small time she was on, she was perfect. I mean, oh my gosh. Part of me was kind of eye rolly where it was like, Ugh, Susan Sarandon's just going to show up and be Susan Sarandon, but yeah. she no. didn't. She's no. good. I love how the show tried to mask her, like when they bring her on and they like show her from behind and she's just talking. <laughs> the moment she started, I'm like, it's Susan Sarandon. We all know. You can just show her. Like, we're not going to be surprised by the reveal here. And like, I hadn't read anything about it. So like, it was just her voice is like so iconic and distinct you know it was just amazing i thought the writing was so intricate Mm. um so much of what they brought up in the beginning came back at the end yeah one of my favorite things was uh the chantal book that killed chloe Feynman's character like the writing there was just like brilliant i hadn't even Mm -hmm. thought that that was even possible it was really good and that totally unnecessary episode Uh just just (laughs) out the book but like we didn't have any plot holes and it was just like all tied together. The candy bar. Um, what did you make of Drew's <laughs> Drew's girlfriend? Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> the Disney princess? Yes. <laughs> that story she told in like the first episode, I was like About so upset. Roller skating yes, with the baby yes. in her arms and then throwing it in the gutter on or oh like tripping gosh. and tossing it I in the I was gutter. watching it with my husband, and he went, Oh, <laughs> lot <laughs> the drew the drew like disneyland plot i know it's not actually disneyland but like it was very like weird to me every time they showed him at the theme park i was like no 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 get out of there this is wrong when i was in high school we went and did uh like an orchestra thing whatever nerds do when they're in high school at disneyland and they take you behind toontown to do it <gasps> And let me tell you, that is the most depressing. <laughs> Why? Is that? It's just like 
all the magic is immediately like whoop, and like you like see the cardboard outline and you see like <laughs> the characters with the ca- like the character heads off you oh, know like no. walking around drinking and it's like <laughs> this is like it's pretty dark so like of course that's where drew worked right. you know like the place that should make you happy but is actually like pretty dark the thing i liked about it though was it would have been very cliche to make it that like all the people who worked there were actually like angry like bitter people mm-hmm. it, behind the scenes yeah but like in that first scene where they show him like doing a show in front of the kids <laughs> with like another guy and then they like run off and they go into the bathroom and the guy he's working with is like you did a great job man and like he's like actually everyone who works there is actually happy to be there and like actually thought that was kind of a fun take on like a theme park and drew seemed to enjoy it yeah and drew was like i'm super happy here like everyone's Mm -hmm. so nice like this is a great job it makes sense he would like run away to he's like where's the happiest place i could go (laughs) disneyland yeah a literal happy place yeah (laughs) where you'd never actually stay happy like he was never going to actually stay there right Mm -hmm. um vip performances um, John Early. John Early. So my, I think my favorite moment of the whole season is when the friends go and find like the twin, like one of the twink gay guys, <laughs> and they're like grilling him, and he's like, I don't know, I went on a date with a guy, and I don't even know why he went out with me because he's so hot and I'm so ugly, and then he pauses and looks at them, and John Early goes, We're not going to tell you that you're good looking. <laughs> <laughs> but John Early, I just like cannot get enough of his character. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, John Early is always like a permanent favorite. I, hmm, out of all of them, I mean, I really think we got to see so much more of Drew this season, and that was really, really fun. I think I might have to give the award, though, to Dory herself. Yes. Yeah. For I sure. mean, that was just out of this world. Like, is this eligible for the Golden Globes? Like, this hasn't been ever nominated for anything. I was thinking about that, too. I don't yeah. know. So, insulting Hmm. but i guess for season four would be next year yeah it wouldn't be eligible huh this season yeah Yeah, that's true she's really incredible do we want to take it away from emily though she did all that time in paris (laughs) (laughs) emily in paris at rhymes actually (laughs) you may not have heard but madame macron retweeted her so what yeah okay hmm um i feel like mine would probably be i mean cola scola it's just it was so good. And my favorite quote of his is like, well, it's official. I'm inbred. <laughs> like, I like laughed for so long. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, he always deep down knew. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> I can never get enough of Portia. Portia. Mm-hmm. I think Portia is. We all have a little portion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when she yeah. gives the speech at the funeral, and at the end she says, aren't you going to clap? Like, <laughs> yeah. is that not all of us her, on some level? Her Jeb Bush moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please clap. Yeah. Um, is she, her having to play a version of Dory for the film was really interesting in season four. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I thought the director who hated her was one of the funniest performers. Oh my you, you know who she is? No, tell me because so it was she, driving me crazy. She, I love her. So she wrote for 30 Rock. Okay. I have followed her for years. I think she appeared free, like occasionally in like 30 Rock and kind of like minor. Because I was like, I, I know I recognize her, but I follow her on Twitter. She's very funny. So she's written for a lot of shows like that. And then she was involved in Search Party. And then they just cast her to do that role. And I thought she was so good. Mm-hmm. So hilarious. Yeah. 
Um, the lobbyist from Veep who makes that brief appearance as the director of the show. Oh, right. Doing. Yeah. He's great in everything. Oh, yeah. What? The, from the Sonic commercials? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me ask you, had it ended when we thought it was ending and Dory had actually died, how would you feel about the series overall? Um, 10 out of 10. I, I yeah. actually, would, that, would that have been a satisfying ending? For yeah, you? I for me, it would have. I honestly think even if, and we kind of discussed this on our podcast too, even if they did not get renewed and this were a series finale, I would still be satisfied. Even though I would be dying of curiosity where they were planning on taking things with Dory next and with the whole gang. But um, I just think all the realizations and everything, and it was so like heavy and serious kind of, like yeah. all the four versions of herself at the funeral and stuff, I felt like it felt extremely full circle. So I would I would have been satisfied. Hmm. Yeah, and I feel like I felt so uneasy about season three and that and so season four was like so perfect i was like i don't want to mess with this anymore yeah i kind of want to leave on a high i do get nervous when shows go into their fifth season yeah Mm -hmm. oh boy that's a lot of seasons Mm -hmm. how are we feeling but i think they're doing a good job of making this show weirder and weirder in a good way like the the final season or season four was so experimental and I think you have to take it in that direction if you're going to commit to a lot of seasons. Because if you keep at the same pace and tempo, mm. you're going to run out of room. But if you keep doing the weirder things like the four Dorries at the funeral, um, I, I just think they're keeping it interesting in maybe a more cartoonish way. But I'm going to keep watching to see what else they do. Huh. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to read this Vulture interview because they talked about writing season three and they had created some of these problems and they were like, oh, we'll deal with those in season four. And it kind of stressed me out. I was like, you guys didn't have a plan. Like, you have to have a plan, <laughs> yeah. you know? But, like, they're just creating this story as they go, as any of us would. And I, I think, I don't know, I think season five could be interesting. Hmm. I hope they renew. I I don't want it to end here. But maybe it is because I just discovered it and I haven't had, mm-hmm. like, a few years to kind of enjoy it and i'm just like i want more episodes i was sad thinking that it was the end but i had also been like well this is a good place to end it and then i was like oh this isn't the end yeah Mm -hmm. i'll be happy if they have another season i'm not gonna be mad that's for sure we'll never turn down more (laughs) search party you know especially since they were able to win us back so fiercely after season three yeah and a bad john early performance is better than none yeah. Sure. Not that they're even <laughs> not even that one exists. But. Honestly, I would probably watch John Early just sitting in a room. Like not even talking. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That would be so amazing. Mm. Just like sitting. Mm-hmm. I'm half convinced that he's actually not playing a character and that's just him in real it's life. It's hard to believe that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Mm-hmm. Um Search Party season four. I recommend it. Yes. I, I don't know if I just. <laughs> I mean, more, I, I feel like we are always begging people to watch it, so we're just happy to have found people who have lo- who love it as much as us. Do we have any idea what the ratings are? You know, on IMDb, I actually saw that like the there were some episodes that had like nine point seven stars. Okay, so cool. I was pleased that they were getting highly rated on. Yeah. There. I mean, they played like some volleyball, right? It went from TBS to HBO Max. HBO Max feels like a better fit for me, and mm-hmm. I like they'll give it more chances. HBO usually 
invest in weirder stuff for a longer time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and HBO Max were the ones that signed them for three and four, right? Mm-hmm. And so that showed faith back then. Hopefully, people enough people are watching it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it also gave them the freedom to set season four up with season three. Because looking back, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, season three was teeing up season four. Mm-hmm. Totally. So mm. hopefully there's a season five. Anything else? That's all I've got. You guys. I think we covered it. Same. Oh, one little tidbit I did learn that I find very important is the TV show host that becomes obsessed with Chantal's book. Yeah. She is the head muse in Hercules, the Disney movie. Okay. That's perfect. What else is she on, though? Because I was like, this. she's so familiar. That was the main thing for me. Okay. <laughs> she was great. Oh, my gosh. That episode was like, it's almost like, did I dream that? In a whole show that feels like it could have been a dream. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that one episode is so... I need to just rewatch season four again. Yeah, it's I time. really do. I, it just killed me that it was like ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. And then it was like, Screech, let's go to Chantal. <laughs> who we yeah. haven't seen at all. We had not seen a single second. And, Chantal, and what happens to her season. isn't really relevant to no, the rest of it. Not until like the yeah. last two minutes. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then it tied in perfectly and set off all these other things that needed to happen. But I would have been sad if we never saw her. So Mm -hmm. I honestly want a Chantal Mm -hmm. spinoff. Oh, it'd be great. (laughs) Again, like I just pay to watch. (laughs) We don't need a season five. We need Chantal. (laughs) (laughs) The Chantal show. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is genius. Um, All right. Thank you so much for being here and talking search party season four with us. We're going to end because it's 10,000 degrees in here. Um, Please remember to leave us a good rating on wherever you're listening to this become a patron of hive mind at patreon.com forward slash hive mind hq three dollars a month you get our bonus episodes right now it's bridgerton (laughs) (laughs) sorry mom um and subscribe to our newsletter hivemind.substack.com to receive links to these podcasts and to the recaps and to fun contests and my witty writing and that's it Mm mm-hmm Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.